What's up, everybody? Welcome, Welcome to, to the Bollywood Podcast. Podcast. It's your boy, VJ. And your boy, Dev. Where we talk about anything and everything. And, and that's, that's real, real talk. talk. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, VJ. And I got Dev in the building. Dev, what's going on? Everything's good. Everything's good. How you doing, my bro? Well, what we got going today? Let's get uh, a little bit of NFL talk, a little free agency. NFL talk. I'm with it. I'm with it. Start it up, man. You know, I've been tuning in, and, and lately I've been hearing everything about Mr. Ring for the other hand, Mr. Thomas Oop. Brady. Oop. No. Okay. The goat? Uh, yeah, that's what they call him. Gotcha. Gotcha. So what are we talking about, Brady? Tell me, tell me what you got. What's, what's on your mind today? Uh, I don't see the big fuss, man. I don't see the big fuss. Um, to me, it's you know, a little over the hill at this point. I understand what he did, and I would never discredit that. But the way I look at it is his time has passed, and I, I don't see the big fuss of why he's the number one target of free agency. Um, so here's the thing. I could, I could tell you why he's the number one target of free agency, right? It's those six rings that he has quarterback in this league. Over the hill, uh, I, think that's, I think that's pushing it a little bit. The reason being is he's, he's one year removed from winning, winning the Super Bowl. All right, let's start there. Another thing is, did the Patriots put out a product on the field or a team around Tom Brady for him to be successful this year? And honestly, hell no, they did not. So go ahead and say Tom Brady's over the hill when he wasn't given a, a fair opportunity and, and a fair product on the field for him to succeed at what he does. Um, you know how it he had that little step with uh, Antonio Brown. They brought in a receiver to try to help him out. And you know how that went. Um, he didn't have no weapons to throw to. All right. That offensive line was horrendous. The defense is, was the only reason the Patriots were, were whatever relevant they were this year. All right. So I don't know about that. I think he's more than capable of, of playing quarterback for multiple teams in this league. All right. That's one. Two, I think he just needs to be put in the, in the right situation. And honestly, I think the Patriots could turn this around, to be honest with you. He should stay put and not ruin that legacy. What do you think, then? The only reason why I, th- I think he should stay put, the only reason I think he should stay put, because uh, due to the reports that said before, he pushed Jimmy G out. So because he pushed Jimmy G out, they don't have an heir apparent. So because they don't have the heir apparent, you know, uh, at this point, they can draft a quarterback, which I don't think they will, will actually draft a quarterback and throw a quarterback right into the fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they could trade for someone like Andy Dalton. They could uh, trade for someone like Matthew Stafford, or you know, pick up one of these other guys that's on along uh, free agency. But with him, I, I got a rebuttal for you. Okay, you you say you don't think he's over the hill, like okay, I'm listening. It was it was something I I could be wrong. I want to say it was Kobe. Uh, something he said. Um, rest pieces to the legend. Is that when you can't go out there and give your consistent numbers that you did when you was at your peak, it may be time to hang it up. And I've seen that with Dwayne Wade. I've seen that with other, you know, legendary players that, that have walked away where they feel like they can't give it. And it seemed like he, he has more to prove to himself. And that's why I think he may leave. But the way I see it is that He's searching for market value. So market value at this moment is $27 million, I think it was. $27 about $30 million, yeah. $27 to yeah. the ballpark right now. Yep. Okay, so before he was making about 15 they gave him about 8 They put him at $23. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you know how Bill works. If, if you're willing to, you know, sacrifice a little for the team, you're going to get those rings, and that's why he has those rings. And for him to go somewhere else and get that market value is going to put a huge dent in what those teams may be able to put as, as a product on the field. And, 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 not, and not only him, like uh, him or Breeze. Uh, Breeze at this point uh, is in the same boat. I'll get to him in a second. But mm-hmm. to, to pay this guy this much money, and it's almost like you, he has to guarantee you a championship. Like he's, he's going to be 43 years old. And... I, the last 40-plus guy I remember playing was maybe Benny Testaverde, I think. And 
you know, Benny Tessiver didn't host up any trophies. You know, granted, Tom Brady did get one while he was in his 40s. Mm-hmm. But at this point, uh, I don't think you pay a guy that type of money and expect him to deliver you a guaranteed championship because if you're signing him for two years, you're expecting okay. him to give you two years where he's getting one of those years in the championship. Okay. All right. I hear you. All right, so your rebuttal is that over the conversation, right? So you brought yeah. Kobe into the conversation. So now the players that you brought up were in situations where, again, the product was not on the court or the field. They didn't have the talent around them to actually be successful. There's only so much and over the hill, if you want to call it, in quotation marks, superstar, or all-star, or great player, um, needs that support around them. doesn't mean that they can't be successful if they're put in the right situation. So to see that Brady is not worth $30 million and be given that by a team that all they need is a quarterback and be successful at it. And I'll give you, I'll give you a quick point and scenario that it was successful in Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning in Denver. We've seen this happen before, right? And you're going to tell me that that Peyton team that they had was the greatest team. No, that defense was incredible. He had a couple of weapons on offense, but he made it work. If you take Tom Brady and put him on a team like the Chargers, or hypothetically a far-fetched scenario, like the 49ers, substitute him with Jerry Garoppolo, I can guarantee you that they win a championship. Because, you know why? Brady's one of the smartest people to ever throw that damn football. And he won't make the same errors that these young players will make. The 49ers had the Super Bowl tied up, and then Jimmy Garoppolo, because of his inexperience, even though he had a phenomenal team around him, couldn't get it done. So that's that's my rebuttal on the over the hill comment. But I get what you're saying about Tom Brady, but I got to disagree with you on this one. But okay, but I go back at you. How many touchdown passes did he throw in that Super Bowl? Ah, uh, but did he make did he make the plays? No, oh, no, you have to answer the question. All right, okay, you you got me there. You got me there. But did he make the plays when it mattered though? That's why rebuttal to you. Well, he did not put him out of anything, but at the same time, the defense that's, helped back. That's then, my and, but also, it was, he was also going against an inexperienced quarterback and Jared Goff. That also he defense was. helped him get there. And then to go back to the the attack your rebuttal, Peyton Manning mm-hmm. that first that first year when the yep. uh, offense was high octane and and yep. he was you know throwing to Demarius Thomas and 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 getting you know, touchdown after touchdown mm-hmm. when, they, when the Super Bowl came and I thought, was it in New York? It was in New York, right? I'm pretty sure. Bowl, yeah, yeah with, uh, with, against Seattle, he was, he was eating a lot of grass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah what came, when, he, when he actually won, remember, most of that year, Brock Osweiler played. That pushed me to, to believe that you say Tom Brady didn't have the weapons around him. Mm-hmm. When has he really had weapons? Like a lot of that stuff was like built. Like we didn't see a lot of those players outside of the Patriots organization. The only players that he played with, right. and he, he, even he, he didn't okay. win with Randy Moss. They won a lot of games. They they, yeah. they did a lot of uh, you know, historic things, but yep. he didn't win with Randy Moss. You're right. A lot of those players that went elsewhere on the offensive side of the ball have not really done anything. I think the only one that, that he probably missed on was Danny Woodhead. Because Danny Woodhead at the time, before he mm-hmm. got a lot of concussions and everything, was yeah. a good high, a, a good player for other teams as far as his skill set. But I hear you. if you remove those other players away, then they didn't really do much. So Belichick, that's what he does. He, he gets the best out of the players that, you know, he brings in. It's and, just... you know, you... Just because you're 40 now, that's not going to say that he's going to change, change his mindset. You know, Billy Bean doesn't stop money ball. He still, I, he I still has the same philosophy. I get that. For the years, we saw Brady make mediocre or to low-tier players into incredible receivers, correct? Or at least put up incredible stats. I get your argument. But my argument is, going back to it, if he potentially lands in a situation where he does have the weapons and they don't ask a lot from him, where he has to manage the game and who better for him than than Tom Brady for him to manage the game, get that ball to the receivers. He needs to 
He has a good O-line, offensive line in front of him. Um, I, I, I disagree with you, man. I think he can still get it done. But um, I, I think I think we 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 got we got pretty good on this topic. I think we understand where we both stand on this one. But let me go back to the Breeze comment that you made. So, what do you think is going to go on with Breeze and the Saints? I'm curious to hear your opinion on this one. I'm I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place there because what, what what I look at it is I look at when Breeze is out with his thumb injury. Teddy Bridgewater didn't you know blow me away you know and, and Teddy Teddy's my guy. He didn't blow me away, but he got the W. He didn't fall flat on his face. You know, it was close games. He, he put it where the defense, you know, uh, made sure that they didn't allow any touchdowns. He got them in field goal position. Um, he he basically uh, got some good touchdowns. I uh, was able to get uh, Latavius Murray or Alvin Kamara in there. I looked at it as when the Saints were in the playoffs, Drew Brees is phenomenal. By, 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 by all means, like, if he has to get you a play, he's going to get you a play. And even the regular season, man. But, yeah, continue. But he's not far off from Phillip Rivers. He's not far off. He throws, throws those timely picks. And I look back. I look back. I look back at it. I look back at it and, and, and was wondering, you know, what was all the fuss about, you know, the, the, the America of Minnesota, uh, the, the crying about the Rams, uh, Fiasco with the passing finish there, and then the Cal Rudolph things like they seem like they get you know the you know yeah. on the end of the stick. But yeah. when you have a quarterback of that that caliber, you can't let your defense end on the field for you. He hasn't been put in a position to basically go down the field and win the game from when it matters most. I've seen it done in a regular season and, and, and maybe that Super Bowl run, but mm-hmm. I think a lot of the times like. Players get a lot of credibility hoisted up in gold jacket and you know put on a pedestal because they they have that one ring. Don't get me wrong, he 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 throws that rock, but a lot of those years he didn't really have a, a running back. So when you, when you throw it a lot, you know you're going to get those numbers up there. But um, I, as far as to answer your question about what happens there, I I think they're going to go at Taysom Hill. Ooh, okay. Okay. I like where you're going with this. I actually had that down, but yeah, continue. Um so you see so you're gonna go the taste and hell right is what you're telling me. Yeah. Um if you look at what Lamar Jackson did, and I, I won't say as far as what Patrick Mahomes did, but I seen a play against Minnesota last year when I was watching a game and in the playoffs and I thought it was Drew Brees that threw that pass and it was Taysom Hill and they got them in the uh in the red zone, uh, down there at the goal line, and I was like, "Wow, he can—he's he, accurate. He can throw. You know, he's—he's he's big body. He can take a hit. He can take beating. He can, you know, can flex him out. Um, even if you bring in a, a rookie uh, quarterback or uh, another quarterback as a backup, and I think um, the way that the, the Ravens use Lamar Jackson." And sometimes hide, hide him with with certain passes that he may not can make on the second level unless you know people are not really around the the receiver. This is one on one coverage, and he can throw it deep with not much accuracy. I, I think Jason Hill got a little bit more accuracy, and also he's younger. And mm. it goes back to my my Brady argument: you can't continue with those quarterbacks and let these younger guys pass you by just for one year. You know, you always want to go in there with a mindset, a mindset that you can win out with whatever quarterback you put in the field, but the sacrifice your franchise for one year, maybe two years with a 40 year old guy is not something I'm willing to do if I run the team. Yeah, I totally hear. I hear what you're saying, man. If I tell you something, so my argument here is though, I mean, come on, we, we saw what he did compared to Brady for comparing season to season, right? We still got the job done, but of course he had a much more phenomenal team than Brady did. He had he had arguably the best wide receiver in the league in Michael Thomas. Um, he had a great running back um, who took a little time. Come on to 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 progress throughout the year. You know he didn't really literally take off on the season before. But my argument is I think Taysom Hill is far more important as a plug and play and a special teams player and the way they utilize him offensively than as he would be as a QB, just because of his versatility. Like you could literally place this guy anywhere 
on the field and he'll get the job done or he'll get the play happen. Now, as far as Teddy goes, Teddy has a, a huge market around him, right? So I, I honestly, he's good as God. Let's, let's just call it what it is. He's going to land somewhere. He's going to land a good situation. They're probably going to build around him or they're going to place him somewhere where he could succeed right away. I mean, I can see him. I can see him in multiple teams. Um, it's just, honestly, they should give Breeze one more shot, run it back because they, they almost got it done. Um, I don't think there's that many passing first calls that can be called against the Saints. Um, <laughs> if you know what I mean. So that's, that's just a totally different conversation. We'll talk rough calls and things in another podcast, but I just wanted to get my point. I personally think that Taysom Hill is a lot more valuable as not a QB of the team, but as, as a special teams type of player or a, a plug and play type of player where they can utilize his, his entire skill set versus just him throwing the ball or running the ball. Um, so, that's a good so you're giving him, you're giving him early Cordell Stewart. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I personally believe Bree still has one more year under his belt. Um, I think they will give him one more shot, especially if they lose Teddy, they're not going to have that depth um, on the chart to worry about or, or use. So, um, yeah, I could definitely, I see Bree saying, um, as far as Rivers goes, who's the last QB I want to talk about before we want to start next segment. Um, Rivers, Rivers is a tricky one, man. You, you know how I feel about Rivers. Um, he's definitely the gunslinger. He's definitely, he's definitely one of statistically one of the best QBs of all time. Right. Um, but I was really thinking about this for the past few days. I just don't see a situation where he would be successful in. What do you think? Do, do you see a scenario? Do you see a team where we could place Philip Rivers at this time and for them to make some noise throughout the season as well as going into the playoffs? I see two teams. Okay. But the second team is contingent on them making another move. So I'll start there first. Okay. The second team uh, I see is the Bucks. I, I, I didn't have a problem with Jameis Winston last year. I was going to say, I, I didn't either, man. I mean, pound for pound, they probably threw interception for interception, but I, I'm, I'm curious. Continue. But he just threw it, threw it out there. But, like, they left him with Peyton Barber and uh, 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 Ronald Jones III. Um, you know, both are inadequate uh, backs to me. Like, they're backs that would be on – and both our teams, they probably won't even uh, get to rock. They're probably on special teams. And I, I didn't really understand why they didn't get him any help there. Like when you have uh, Mike Evans and uh, Godwin and and Wade Perryman came on late, if you yeah. can fill up rivers, those same weapons. So that's a little, that's speed. Yeah. That's possession. No, Keaton Allen to me is a uh, more possession um, receiver, and uh, Mike Williams is uh, uh, what's uh, Kirkland, a, a Costco brand. Yeah. Um, uh, Mike uh, Mike Evans. So like he, Mike, yeah, I mean he's not quite there yet. I mean, so here, here's the thing, right? If we're comparing Winston to Rivers at at this time, I think they're arguably the exact same player. Let's to keep it completely real. They play the exact same way. You know, um, they're not scared to throw the ball down the field. They're not scared to take a chance in a small window of opportunity to get the ball to a receiver. If we're talking about weapons to weapons, they both literally have the same team. Um, Philip Rivers has two great, um, two really good wide receivers on his team. All right. So does Jameson Winston. They both have two good running backs on the team. Um, Tampa Bay, obviously, they definitely don't. They're working on that. But obviously, Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler take the cake on that one. So I think he did have a better backfield in, in charge, on the Chargers. So honestly, by substituting Phil Rivers on Tampa, uh, on Tampa Bay versus Jameson Winston, I think the result's going to be exactly the same. I think, honestly, to keep it real, I think it's going to be worse. I think they're in a better position now with Jameson Winston because Jason Winston can actually move out of the pocket. Philip Rivers really can't. But, but he's he's not that young Philip Rivers anymore where he took a couple of steps out the pocket and then tried to get it down the field versus Jason Winston. He could at least, he could run the ball, man. But this is the way I look at it. Uh, I don't think they're going to go Winston again. I think that Bruce Aarons is probably going to move on. But I think he also wants to bring in 
a young quarterback. So I think they'll probably draft somewhere, probably, you know, second round, third round. I don't know, man. I, I can see Teddy. I can see Teddy. Teddy on the Bucks, man. Hear me out. Ted, Ted, Teddy's a little bit um, too conservative for uh, Bruce Arians. Like, so if you, yep. if you look at Bruce Arians, he was in Pittsburgh, I think. So with uh, with uh, Big Ben, and he was in uh, Arizona with um, yep. Kirk. Was Kurt Warner there yet? No, Kurt Warner wasn't there. I can't remember the quarterback. I want to say Carson Palmer. Um, yeah. But the way I look at it with Phillip Rivers there is he's not going to be as expensive. Um, he'll probably want one more shot. He'll take a, you know, a cupcake deal, and they can bolster that offensive line. They can probably draft a running back, so when they come in and compete with those two guys, I don't think are worthy of being starting running back. And he can go in there and succeed as long as they're able to bring back Godwin and uh, Michael Evans comes back uh, pretty healthy. Um, so with with that that defense, it, to me, it's all about the defense. Mm-hmm. So that defense was the top defense. It was just the fact that the position when Jameson, uh, 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 James Winston was putting them, they were on the field too much. They were on the field too much. Yep, so absolutely. That they bring one. back they bring back Shaq Barrett and uh, majority of those pieces. I think they'll be uh, pretty solid still. And, mm-hmm. and the biggest Achilles Hill is the Panthers. Have a rookie uh, head coach. Um, mm-hmm. Don't know what you're going to get for Cam. Look like you're going to stick with him. Um, mm-hmm. Matt Ryan, I thought, I think has reached his ceiling. I don't think he peaked anymore, and I think Julio's going to be up. He's, he's got, he's getting paid, so now he's yep. probably going to end up moving on. And then yep. um, they, they're potentially losing um, Hooper. You know what I mean? Yes. And um, who's the fourth team? I lost my train of thought there. <laughs> But I get it. I get it. I mean, so my only argument to you is, right, what you're talking about improvements to the to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, improving the O-line, drafting a running back, potentially getting a, a better tight end option. Um, if you give that scenario to Jameson Winston, would it be that much different than paying Phillip Rivers the money that he's asking for instead of tagging Jameson Winston, right? Um, do you well, see that being any different, though? I don't. That's 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 my thing. I don't think they have to tag James Winston. I think mm-hmm. the fact that they know what he is, and they they probably want to move off from that. And and because they want to move off from that, I think that it's going to be one of those Kurt Warner into Eli things. Uh, when you bring in you know a veteran quarterback, let someone sit under them for a couple of years. Yeah. Maybe you get some yeah. wins, and yeah. uh, you see for that. But the other team was the same. So the biggest thing with the Saints is what they yeah. what they choose to do with the uh, with their quarterback situation. Yeah. The, the, totally. the fin- to finish off my first team, it was um, the coach. Only reason I say the coach, I've seen the reports about um, you know his uh, former uh, coach was there, his former quarterback coach was there, and I have no faith in um, Jacoby Brissett whatsoever. Like he's to me, uh, he's uh, he's what Teddy Bridgewater was before Teddy took that next step. And I don't think Jacoby Brissett has the seat in him to take that next step. He's not going to. Jacoby's always going to be a backup QB, I'm sorry to say. Um, I have We haven't seen those signs. Yeah, he's had one or two big plays that were like, oh, wow. But to be honest, I mean, Jacoby Brissett being paid the amount of money he was, and we talked about this, um, I personally think that it, 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 he didn't deserve it. Unfortunately, they were in a really tough situation. Their star quarterback, Andrew Luck, decided to retire out of nowhere. They had to make a decision. Um, they paid Jacoby Brissett because he already knew the offense. They didn't want to teach a new quarterback, bring in a new quarterback, or draft a new quarterback, and then bring that person in and then teach him the reins and the playbook and everything else. So I, underst- I understood the move at the time. That over over the years, they're definitely not going to get back for the buck that they paid him for. But go back to the conversation. I mean. There's, there's those are three big QB quarterbacks that that we're definitely interested to see where they land. Um, unfortunately, the NFL news has been really, really dire lately, so I can't wait for that to pick up. And then, yeah, man, the more some more news come on the way, and then we'll we'll get back into it. Uh, I say we move on to the next topic. What do you think? Talk to me. What's 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 topic number two today, Def? Uh, well, topic number two is the NBA playoffs that's coming around the corner. I think is uh, Ooh, let's, let's go. Let's, 
It's a less less than a hundred days to the NBA Finals, and it's getting hot. It's getting hot. It's getting hot and heated in the NBA right now, man. It's getting hot yeah. and heated. You know, my Finals pick every year, even if they didn't make the playoffs, is the Celtics. Um, yeah, <laughs> but, but let's get let's get more realistic now, right? So this this is the time of the year where, as you see, as, as the season progressed. A lot of NBA teams have been resting their players. There have been star players that are coming off of injuries or recovering from injuries. Um, slowly but surely, you're seeing teams play the entire roster now and their starters and everything else. Case in point, I mean, the hottest team arguably at the moment right now, I would say is the Clippers. The Clippers got, got, a, got, got a healthy Kawhi who's fully rested. They're getting PG back. They won five games in a row and not just winning them. They're, they're killing teams out there. Um, another team I want to throw in the conversation in the Western Conference is the Rockets. Like, personally, I did not see Westbrook and Harden doing this well together. They're freaking killing it right now. And then, um, obviously, the third team is going to be the Lakers. Like, the, the Lakers, what LeBron is doing and what confidence he's playing with right now. And you know I hate LeBron, but, yo, you got to give credit where the credit's due. His mind right now. And on top of that, Anthony Davis. So those are my three teams in the West. I don't know if you want to throw another team in there or you want to just elaborate on those three teams, but I think those are the three teams to, to come out the West, man. It's one of those three. Uh, I, I can agree. It's probably one of those three, but I think that going into the playoffs is all about the seeding. So the biggest thing with the Rockets is where they're going to land. So do they want to try to fight to go to that third seed so they can, you know, not have to face potentially the Lakers in the second round, because that would be mm -hmm. scary for them. Um, right. I don't think they have the size to deal with what the Lakers have to offer, because the Lakers can put Anthony Davis on the floor, and I don't think P.J. Tucker wants that matchup. I totally hear you on that one. Um, so, so we got the honestly down packed, right? So it's gonna be one of those three teams. Now it really comes down to the duos, though. Um, who do you think? Is, is the best duel out of those three teams. Are we talking Westbrook and Harden? Are we talking about LeBron, experience, and Anthony Davis, less experience? Are we talking about the guy who just won a championship with Kawhi? And then also PG, who's had vast amount of, of playoff experience as well. And he's super clutch. So what do you think, what, what do you think differentiates whatever team from the other? And who do you think, who do you see coming out the West? Is what I'm asking. So the way I do it, right? is if you put it that way. Like, normally I would do full teams. But if you put it the way there and you're making me choose from the way standpoint that you said, mm -hmm. I, I go mm -hmm. from... Uh, I, I wouldn't call them 1A and 1B. Um, With these um, pairings, I'll call them 1 and 2. So I started the yeah. 1. LeBron's obviously going to be the, the number 1 as far as, like, you know, experience uh, in the playoff, experience in championships. Um, ben mm -hmm. has done that. Uh, Kawhi's going to be mm -hmm. second. Um, Westbrook mm -hmm. would be third. Harden was the only Ooh. in uh, one finals with Westbrook, but that is correct with the Thunder. Absolutely right. But Westbrook has been in hard fought more battles than him. Been a, a few uh, Western Conference Finals. Um, yep, he has. He definitely has. And so I, I put them like that. Then I go to the second fiddle. You know, mm -hmm. and I can't put Anthony Davis there because he's been to the playoff two times. He's only been right. the first round once. So right. I can't put him there. Then I put Paul mm -hmm. George. He was in intense battles with um, LeBron. Yep. Um, he didn't do so well in, in Oklahoma City. Yeah. Um, but when he was in um when he was in the with the Pacers in Indiana, that you know, he was almost there all the time. He's just like almost there. But you know, LeBron always gets that slight edge with someone. And then right. Harden is there, he tends to disappear. So when I look at that, I take the two and the one, and I put Anthony Davis at three. I got to rank them, Clippers, Lakers, Rockets. Mm -hmm. Since I'm, I'm ranking it that way. I think Russell Westbrook has the, the worst pairing. Um, I seem to always expect Anthony Davis to get some type of injury or end up um, coming up short. Uh, maybe, right. maybe that changes this year. Right. But with um Paul George and Kawhi together, the fact that they both can defend the one the one and the two 
player on those teams. Mm-hmm. Put them huge ahead. advantage. Huge yeah. advantage, man. Um, I, I totally agree with you on that. Um, I think that's what differentiates Kawhi and Paul George from the other two duos that we just talked about, right? They're also younger, too. You got to keep in mind, LeBron is getting older. He doesn't show that he is, but there is going to be it's going to be the toughest playoffs he's probably ever going to have to go through, to be quite honest, because these three teams right here are, are going to be tough, man. I can see all these, all these series going to seven games, to be honest with you. So by the time they even get to the finals or even the conference finals, um, there's going to be a lot of wear and tear. So, and then we're also talking about two of the most clutch players of all time in Paul George and Kawhi on the same team. Like that, that's, that's, that's insane. And on top of that, they have a Patrick Beverly, right? So even if he did have to jump in and guard a, a player, he totally can do that as well. And I think they're just well coached, man. Um, they're they're all playing they're all playing to the same zone. Um, they understand what the mentality of the team is, which is defense. And at the end of the day, defense does win championships, but but they need to hit that shot. They have potentially two of the best players to do that. So yeah, so I think we're on the same page. We're saying the Clippers are going to come out the West, right? So let's, let's 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 migrate over to the East Coast now. So this one right here, um, to be quite honest, this is how I'm looking at it. It's it's the Bucks, right? <laughs> and then everybody else. Um, the only other team in that conversation, honestly, and because they're so well put together and such an all-around team has to be the Celtics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take a bow, whatever. But Honestly, besides them, the only other team that's actually competing on the level, but honestly won't beat Milwaukee Bucks, is the Toronto Raptors. So, I mean, I think we could both agree that it's it's going to be the Celtics and and Milwaukee for the Eastern Conference Finals to cut to come out come out the East. Um, but to keep it honest with you, I just think it's what's his name. Um, Giannis is playing on another freaking level. The Greek freak is literally playing on a freaking intensity. You can see it in his eyes every single night. When he's on the court, he wants to win. He wants to destroy you. He's a man on a mission. When, especially with a guy talented as him and the way he could score um, at whim, dunking over people, backing it down. He has that little fadeaway now. Um, Three-point shot is not there, but he can hit it. Um, I, I honestly don't see a team out of the East beating the Milwaukee Bucks. What do you think? Uh, I think you, you you lost your mind. I think that you you're just like these other people that say this stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. I will not take anything from Giannis. Um, but uh, to go back to our first topic, you just notice the team that's around him. Like they they're playing well. But then mm-hmm. when it comes to you know playoff basketball, you know he did, did make it to the Eastern Conference Finals a couple of years ago and uh last year was last year that last year he made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. That's cute. Um but if we do the same thing that we did on the Western Conference side, we do player one, player two, you know, on across these three teams when I actually have Miami ahead of Toronto, although I don't think the standings will change much. And the way that I look at that is that he was very uncomfortable this past game against Miami the other day. Very uncomfortable. And you have to now look at, you know, they have players there that are hard-nosed defensive players with Iggy there, with Crowder there now, along with Jimmy Butler. Those are three players. The same way that the Clippers can throw players at LeBron, you can throw those players at Giannis. They won't stop them, but they definitely yeah. could make them uncomfortable. And so also... With Crowder, Crowder you used to have a, a hate for Crowder, but Crowder is one of those players that you know I, I treat like Jeff Green. It's like one day he's going to get you twenty five, the next day he's going to get you two, and he's going to hate him. But you know when it's time to do something, he always seems to show up when the lights are turned on, and and, and the spotlight's there. So if the Heat stay at four, I'm not saying the Heat will beat them. Yeah, but it but it it, it may be tough for them. <clears throat> they're well coached. They have a, you know, a championship coach and Eric Spolcher there. Mm-hmm. Um, Hoser is a great coach over there, but he hasn't mm-hmm. won anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can say the same for Brad Stevens. He hasn't won anything. He's been to a couple uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Nick Nurse has yep. won something. So yep. you know, I'm not, I'm not sque- squeezing Boston past them, 
Mm-hmm. But I don't think Giannis and the Bucks want to face Miami. I really don't think they want to face any of those top teams too soon. And and would they get relaxed and they sweep through the first round and then they got to be a little bit rusty going in and maybe lose uh, one or two of the games at home. So I think that's going to be a problem for them because Chris, Chris Middleton is nice. You know, when Giannis is not there, he plays very well. Mm-hmm. But then again, I remember Terry Rozier taking Eric Bledsoe at his game. I mm-hmm. remember, you know, a lot of those players that are on the team now were good on yeah. other teams. Like, Brooke Lopez was good on other teams. He was good on the Lakers, but, you know, not when the Lakers were good. And he was right. good, you know, before. But as of now, I don't I don't see. He's not the Brooke Lopez on the next anymore. So he's, he's expanding his game. He's expanding his range. But when you look at it top to bottom and the way these teams are, you know, built now, I'm, I have my homer pick because I know I'm going to pick the Celtics, but to get back to the mm-hmm. one player, one player, two, no one's above Giannis whatsoever. Yep. He's number one. Player two. No question there. Um, I think with this one, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go three, I'm going to go 14. Um, mm-hmm. Only because I, Toronto is ahead in the standings, but I, I, I really still put them behind. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, player two will be. At this point, Jimmy Butler still. I, I kind of want to put Jason Tatum ahead of him. I think they're kind of really close. Ooh. At this point, the way Jason Tatum is playing, I put Jason Tatum uh, player three. three. Mm-hmm. And I put Pascal Siakam. Yep. Okay. Yep. Then I go back to the Bucks. I have Chris Middleton there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put him there. Is he better than Kimba? Nope. Actually. <sighs> Depends on the situation. Never continue. I'll explain why. Okay. Um, then I go down to Miami, and that's where Miami falls down some because they're a collective. Their second best player, I guess, would be Bam out of Bayou. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's having a phenomenal year. So you could put Bam there, or you could put Gordon Dragic there, wherever you choose. I say Bam because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he's a starter, but um, Dragic is having a good year on um, being a six man. Yeah. Although I thought they was going to get rid of him at the beginning of the year, it was kind of a little, you know, different for me. I didn't understand what was going on there, but me too. Uh, In his career, and then uh, you go, you, you look at that there, and then, and then you go Kyle Lowry. So how would you rank those? So I have Kemba one. I have Chris Middleton two. No, I'll change that back. No, I take that back. I have Kyle Lowry at two. At two. The guy that the guy that chokes in the playoffs every year? Uh, he did not choke in the playoffs. He did not have a point, but he had a shit ton of assists. <laughs> so the guy that choked in the playoffs in the first career? But I'll let you continue. Go ahead. He is. He definitely is. He definitely is. So you have Larry at two. At three, who do you have at three? Middleton? I have Middleton at three. Then I have Ben Bayou at four. So when I look at that, if I have Jason Tatum at two A, I mean two B, two A. Mm-hmm. I kind of think he could be better than Jimmy Butler offensively right here, and he's shown promise on the defensive end. They have Kemba right. there, and then mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler slides down. They have Ben Adebayo at the four, um, four spot. Then I I I pick Boston to be second because only because Giannis is uh, so great at one. And then, mm-hmm. um, and then Chris Middleton, I put him at the fourth person, third person. But uh, my, my bias um, tells me the Celtics. But also, okay. if we went to the third person, I think putting Jalen Brown there or Gordon Haywood there is way better than that next, any team's third person. Um, I'm I'm not gonna argue with you on that one. I think depth wise, with with talent, like elite talent or like level two talent, um, we would have to give it to the Celtics for for that one. I'm not gonna fight you on that. Um, that's the only reason that I think they could potentially beat the Bucks is because of the amount the immense talent that the Celtics have, and just like we spoke about the other day, um, just how well they play together, um, cohesively. Um, they all understand what their job entails and what they need to do. Um, 
I could definitely see them fighting for for coming out the East. Like I said, but the only separation is they don't. I Tatum will be that star one day. He definitely will, but I don't think he's there yet. So I think that's where the Bucks separate themselves from from the Celtics is because of Giannis. The way Giannis is playing right now, the way he's transformed his game year over year over year. Honestly, he's definitely, in my opinion, the MVP of the year um, of the season. Um, I, I don't even think it's close. LeBron is making an argument for it, but um, it's definitely going to go to Giannis. And if it doesn't, I'll be shot on the, on that note. Um, but yeah, I think I think we're on the same page here with our with our one and two of the East. You, you, I think you had you had a statement you wanted to say why. Chris Middleton was uh, above Kemba. You said he was one of the that. So, no, no, I was going to say that he's above Kemba. I think they both understand what their roles are. The difference between Middleton and Kemba is Kemba's clutch as hell, right? So if they did need a big shot and Jason Tatum was doubled, Kemba might be open, right? So I think that's where the difference is. Um, Chris Middleton can definitely hit that shot. But I rather if, if there was three seconds left on the clock and I had an opportunity to give the ball to Chris Middleton and Kemba, I'm giving it to Kemba. So I'm just saying that they both roles-wise understand exactly what they are to their team, right? Um, leadership more with Kemba because he is a more of a leader on that team. Giannis is undisputed the, the leader of the Milwaukee Bucks, right? There's an argument there. Um, I think Kemba takes their role, so he understands how important his role is to the Celtics. Um, and then the clutch factor, like I was saying, I think that's where he gets the edge over Chris Middleton. That, that's what I was trying to say. I wasn't going to say Chris Middleton is better. No, that was definitely not it. Um, but I think we both, I think we both have an idea of, of, of what the playoffs are looking like. Um, honestly, I'm going to definitely be tuned in. Um, I know you definitely are. And then we'll come back to this and hashtag, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll hash this out. In a few weeks, and then see see where the teams are and how it's looking with the playoff picture. We'll go on through it, and then we'll take it from there. Yeah. What do you think about switching gears a little bit? Yeah, this one is a, uh, is a, is a quick uh, zero to sixty. Um, zero to sixty for sure. Zero to sixty to four. Talk about a third topic today, man. I'm actually quite excited about this one. And, and, and it's it is good that it, I mentioned zero to sixty because it was the unveiling uh, of. The Batmobile. Great segue. Great segue. Yes. The the Batmayor reboot is in full effect, guys. All right. So we're talking about the new Batman movie that's being directed by Matt Reeves, the guy who has the Planet of the Apes series under his belt, um, who's who's definitely that gritty, realistic, um, not over the top theatrics, um, very down to the point director. Um, we just talk about like what he's done so far as, as a director, right? I don't know about you, but I personally think Planet of the Apes trilogy, the new one, was, was phenomenal. From the acting to the writing to the script to the directing and the direction, I think they got I think they got the right director for this one, man. Um, and like he's you see what he's doing. He's he's using social media to his advantage. He's definitely putting little tidbits out there. Um, the first video that was released, I don't know if you had a chance to take a look at it. Um, they showed a little snippet of the Batman costume in a silhouette. It was like a 10 to 15 second clip, if I'm correct. Um, yeah. And it looked pretty dope to me. I, I was like, wow, okay. And then the guy donning that cape, none other than Robert Patterson. So, um, yeah, this, this, is, this, is, this is a little weird one, man. And then today... They just shot uh, three pictures of the actual Batman suit, which we'll get into in a second. But the biggest thing in that picture was definitely the Batman. That car looks freaking ridiculous. Um, touch a few points on it for a minute. Uh, we'll touch on the car. We're going to touch on the movie. We're going to touch on the first. Touch, you, you tell me. You start wherever you want to do. Um, oh, let's start. Go ahead. I want to touch on the, the current uh, casting. Okay, let's do that. All right, we'll go down the line. Um, yeah. Pull up my my list right here. Um, got you, man. Got you. Let, let's start. Let's start with obviously the, the guy that's that's donning the cape and Mister Mister Bruce Wayne himself. Um, and, Mr. And Robert Pattinson. 
as, as we go uh, as we go along, what I want to do, I want to go ahead and discuss what his not only him but um the characters would be compared to yeah. previous uh, people that have you know played that similar role, um, same role, whatever. Yeah. So I will go with um you know Rob Patterson uh, as Bruce Wayne, um, also known as Batman. For those, uh, this is a spoiler. Um, if you didn't know that Bruce Wayne was Batman by now. Um, <laughs> Shocker. Spoiler, uh, spoiler alert. I haven't seen much he was in. I wasn't um, really a fan of the, the trilogy he was in before. Yeah. It was a it was saga. It wasn't a trick. It was saga. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, I, I wasn't a fan of that. Um, he does definitely have a creepy look. He does have the, the Batman-type chin. Yep. And... Um, I don't know. I have to see it. I haven't um, seen much from him because I haven't watched the things that he was in. But uh, he cannot be worse than George Clooney. Ooh. Batman. Ooh. Okay. We'll get back to that. Let, let me put. Let me let me dock that real quick. All right. So, like, let, let's talk about it. Robert Pattinson, right? He's known. He's known for for what? He's known for the Twilight Saga, right? Yeah. Which he made. Which he became immensely popular, made a crap load of money. Um, and then he tried to, he tried, he, he was getting typecast into that role. So he started diversifying. I don't know if you've seen his, his like his film log, his filmography after Twilight. He's, he's done every single type of role. Um, he's done some, some nitty gritty roles. Um, he's done some, some comedic. Um, he's also, he's also done, um, you know, like romantic, romantic movies as well. So he's definitely trying to diversify himself. And I actually saw one of those movies and, and I was I was impressed. Like this guy could definitely act, man. Um, and remember, Bruce Wayne is definitely that that scorned son who lost his parents at a very young age. Um, and what he wanted to do was was definitely, you know, cut crime in, in Gotham City, which he resides in, and then take it upon himself and use his own money and and tools and, and whatever. Whatever tactics, devices, and gadgets, and all the stuff he has, to, to for the betterment of the city and eventually the world, right? So my biggest thing about the movie was, though, did you see how diverse the cast is? Yes, uh, I want to get into that too, and then and get into some other characters, and we'll we'll dive back into uh, a little bit more topics about this. Yeah, I mean, I mean real quick, because I, I I potentially um, just want to get into like our. our our favorite Bruce Wayne. What do we think about this Bruce Wayne? And then also our favorite Batmobile. I'm thinking. I think I think we get into that. But just just going down the line, man. I mean, this is a star-studded cast. We have Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne. We got the great Zoe Kravitz, who's who's phenomenal, by the way. I don't know. If, I don't know, Percy, what you think about her, but she's she's great, man. She's playing Selena Kyle, who's Catwoman. We got. She makes me. Uh, she makes me un- uncomfortable. She definitely is. Not even that. She, she's a gorgeous girl, but she, she's definitely a great actress. Um, and then we have Colin Farrell. Yeah. And then That's we have Colin Farrell. For me. That's a question Ooh. for me. Tell me why. Um, he's playing Oswald Cobblepot. You know who that is. Uh, that's the penguin. So That is the penguin. That is that, the penguin. So... so uh, I touched basically on um, uh, Zoe Kravitz uh, short, um, briefly, um, is, you know, the previous uh, Catwoman, Eartha Kid, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, um, mm-hmm. uh, I won't count uh, Holly Berry Catwoman. That that never happened. Um, Definitely not. And even to the Gotham's uh, Catwoman with the young younger uh, Selena Kyle. I think the fact that she's a younger face, uh, she has mm-hmm. sex appeal. Um, I think she can play that role. Um, right. Go to Colin Farrell. When I look at Danny DeVito, and I look at, right. um, I can't remember the guy's name, but uh, off the the Gotham shows, I think those two mm-hmm. were a little grotesque as a okay. penguin. I don't see where they're going to put him that, but that's yet to be seen. I haven't seen the trailer or anything yet, so. Right, so we we don't know we don't know if they're gonna go if they're gonna go like the Tim Burton route where they have the entire prosthetics and the face paint and the ghoulish the one living under the bridge in in a in a cave somewhere, 
or are we going to have the, the sleuthy, smart, um, starting from the bottom of the barrel to the top from, from Gotham? Because um, we haven't seen the Penguin in, in a lot of movies, right? The only movie we did see was in, in Dark Knight Returns um, in the Tim Burton series. Um, and I thought Danny DeVito did phenomenal, especially in the world that Tim Burton created. Um, the whimsical, crazy, the way he built Gotham City. Um, it totally felt like it, if Gotham City was made in real life, it would exactly be that. So are they going to take that approach? Are they going to use, are they going to use by the prosthetics for the nose? Are they just going to let Colin Farrell be Colin Farrell and be that quirky, smart, you know what I mean? Um, that, that's, that's definitely there. So I'm, I'm definitely going to give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. Um, just going back to, to Catwoman real quick, though, you forgot, you forgot Anne Hathaway, who played Catwoman in the most recent yeah, yeah. trilogy. The Dark Knight Rises. So I thought she did a good job, man. Um, even though it was for one movie, um, I thought Michelle Pfeiffer was was tremendous. Honestly, I thought I thought she killed it. Um, I'm not even gonna talk about Holly Berry because that's definitely not even canon. That was just like a, a movie where a, a woman wore a cat suit and beat like criminals and stuff. But let's not get into that. Um, so yeah, I'm actually looking forward to see what Zoe Kravitz does with this character, man. Um, like I said, Matt Reeves is known to make it realistic and, and gritty and stuff like that. So let, let's see where they take that approach. Um, who else we got on this list over here? Let's see. Hold on. Sorry. Yeah. So what do, what are you thinking about Alfred? You know who Alfred's, right? Yeah, Andy uh, Circus. Uh... The great Andy Circus. So um, I don't know if you knew this, but Matt Reeves and Andy Circus go way back because he played the main protagonist in the Planet of the Apes series. Um, yeah, so he played Caesar, right? So he did. So they've been literally working together for, what, the last four or five years or so um, yeah. with this show over here, so they're very familiar with each other's work. But the crazy thing about this, though, Andy Serkis is known for his CGI, his facial reenactments, and using the technology to immerse himself into whatever CGI character there is. And he's, he's literally the best in the game. So for him to come out of that and then play Alfred, I don't know, man. This 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 one this one like threw me in a little loop. I don't know. What are you thinking about that? Um, the first thing I did was like because he's really only played like with those CGI characters. He played small yeah. characters. So mm -hmm. it made it made me go to my Googles and Googles. you know <laughs> and it made Googles, me go to my Google. Googles and Google is hype. Because uh, to me, Alfred has to be facing to face with Bruce Wayne, you know, because he, he doesn't challenge. He challenges him, but not in a threatening manner. He, you know, when he speaks to him, it's, it's still that respect because he's, he's a Mr. Wayne this and Mr. Wayne that. They, they have to be eye to eye. So when I did that, he was 5'8". So then I said, well, okay. Let me do my Googles again. <laughs> and I did uh, Robert um, Patterson's height. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know he was that tall. He's 6'1". Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Patterson's up there, man. He's, he's one of the taller taller leading leading guys in, the, in Hollywood at the moment. Yeah. I was surprised, too, on that one. When I looked at that, it's like, is this guy going to be wearing stilts? Or how are they going to pull this off? You know, because 5'8 and 6'1 is... is is, is a little bit of uh different mm -hmm. um you know we, we we have friends that are you know a little shorter than us and you know it's, it's noticeable and yeah for sure and i don't know i don't every alfred i've seen uh has been a, a little bit on the taller side or face to face with batman so that one kind of threw me off but i like the guy as the actor um i think his range is is great um mm -hmm. added that he had that cgi uh, uh, right. to it, but you know, his range itself has been uh, phenomenal as far as like what he offers as an actor. Um, yeah. So, um, I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for that. You know, we go on to the which which we've seen a little bit, which we've seen a little bit of in, in the Black Panther, which is his most recent movie where he didn't do any CGI. Um, yeah. Remember, he played the claw. So, so we saw a little bit of his acting skills there, but I, I think I think the reason why they picked Circus for this, just just to keep it real with you is um, Alfred is supposed to be the backbone of, of Mr. Bruce Wayne, right? He's the one that literally 
knows what Bruce Wayne is doing and is it, it hurts him that he's doing it. He doesn't want him to do it, but he's going to be there no matter what to make sure that that he, he's not the reason why Bruce Wayne gets hurt or, or Batman gets hurt. Um, so I think I think this is going to be it's, it's going to be good to see that dynamic between Robert Patterson and Andy Serkis. To be honest with you, um, the biggest thing on the list that got to me though was Jeffrey Wright as James Gordon. So they completely changed the the background of, of James Gordon. What do you think about this one, man? Um, uh, me personally, I think I think Jeffrey Wright is, is is a phenomenal actor, and I think I think he's I think it was great casting, to be quite honest. Um, it, it when I, I first looked at it uh, a little while ago, and I was like, hmm. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I expected, you know. Um, a white guy with I wouldn't necessarily say that. Like, um, uh, I, I expected a different actor. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely not a black actor, but mm-hmm. um, Jeffrey Wright, like, wow. Like, uh, I've, I've, I've seen a lot of his movies. Yeah. Um, I've seen some of his earlier work, you know, years and years ago, but, uh, and his recent work on Westworld, man, uh, haven't, haven't been a fan of that. Haven't gotten a chance because I thought Anthony Hopkins was going to die. If you, um, if you so do I get a chance, wanna, yeah. If yeah, you do get a chance, definitely die soon. So I didn't want to, um, <laughs> hey, 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 spoiler, spoiler alert. Sorry guys. We haven't seen Westworld yet, but, yeah, Jeffrey Wright is definitely on Westworld, and he's one of those intricate characters on there as well, and one of the most important characters. Um, but yeah, whoever has seen it, definitely check him out. Um, that's that's probably his most recent work. But yeah, go ahead, continue that. Um, so I was like, okay, wow, because it, his voice and the way it carries, and and and, and having that character, I, I I just got, I'm just ready to see it. And, and I, I like yeah. the guy. Uh, I'm, I'm just ready to see it. I, I don't really have much more to, to say other than that. Yeah, I just, like, I just want to see yeah. you know, the impact and, and, and the relationship between him and, and, and Bruce Wayne. For sure. I mean, he, he has some big, big shoes to fill, right? I mean, Gary, Gary Oldman freaking killed it in the Dark Knight trilogy. Um, yeah. If we literally pick... Um, Gordon out of the comics and the TV show and the cartoon and put him onto the big screen is that for Gerald. So um, he's going to have a lot of competition, but let's see, man. I mean, he's, he's a great actor. They're trying a different approach. I understand why they're doing it based off of his acting history and the type of movies he's done and, and the type of characters he played. So totally looking forward to that. Um, it's just, I don't know how they're going to fit um, put him in, into a movie to say, um, Catwoman, um, we got the Penguin, we got Carmen Falcone, who's played by by the great John Turturro, who's from the Transformer series, the funny guy. Um, he's playing the big mob boss in there. Um, and then we have Paul Dano, who's Edward Nashton, who is also aka the Riddler. So we got a lot of people in in this movie, man. I, um, I'm curious to see how Matt Reeves does this because you can do it do it right or do it really bad. I'm talking about you could do it in a way where it's so bad, like Spider-Man 3, where you're incorporating so many villains into a movie and not having any cohesiveness to it. Um, I think because they're building a brand new Batman, a new trilogy, um, I think this is going to be introduction for the most part. Um, He hasn't flat out um, and came out and said that this guy is going to be the main villain or so. Um, As we know, Batman has probably the best role gallery out of all the comic books out there. Um, his villains and the people that he faces is probably the greatest I've ever seen, to keep it real with you. So I'm I'm totally curious to see this. Um, but yeah, I mean, casting-wise, I'm totally for it. Like I said, the director has has a lot on his plate. Um, the fans are expecting this. Um, ben Affleck was was actually supposed to direct it. He felt he he dropped out due to um, alcoholic and other reasons that he was he was facing his own battles. But um, but yeah, I'm totally curious to see this. Uh, let's one, 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 one more one touch. Um, I didn't get to yeah. speak on those last yeah. um, castings. Um, I, I, I like uh, John Turturro uh, a lot. 
Um, I'm very curious to see what, how he uh, portrays um, Carmel Falcon. Um, it's, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know where he's going to go with it. He's he's uh, he's a bit comical, but uh, I want to see the sinister cool. side that uh, Falcon has. And oh yeah, uh, the ruthless. Yeah, I don't I don't track I don't look at him and, and see fear. As yeah. far as like you know a mob boss, but I see like a serial killer maybe <laughs> if he could play one of those. Yeah, I, I I'm not familiar with the um, Paul Dennell's, uh work, but yeah. the look, the look yeah. itself. Has yeah, I haven't seen him in the co- I haven't seen him in the costume at all. But if I take uh, Jim Carrey's Riddler, or if I take the Riddler from uh, animated games series or anything, the animated series, he looks yep. like he fits the part. So yeah, you know, he does, man. He definitely does. That that's I think that's one thing. Um, you have to look the role, but then also be able to act the role, right? Um, also, just side note, John Turturro has done a lot of serious roles, though. So I definitely see his acting capability. Um, I don't know if you see the series The Night of. If you haven't, definitely watch yes, it. Yeah. it. It was awesome in that. Awesome Dude, in that. as the lawyer and what he was going through and then what he did. So, like, we know his his act, acting level is is, uh, is is incredible. So, I think I think he's gonna take this and run with it, man. Um, so, yeah, I mean, more and more as news comes by, we'll definitely get it out to you guys. Um, but we just wanted to talk about who do we think the best Bruce Wayne, Batman, and Batmobile is personally. Um, Dad, you start this off, man. So, so I had this conversation um, today uh, with someone uh, after I saw the car because uh, they brought it over to me. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just uh, BJ sent it to me. So uh, <laughs> about the car. So I was like, uh, so I told him I was going to talk about this, and I was like, I know what he's going to say because he he was smitten about the car. It's like, wow. Yeah. And uh, but I'm going to go with the car from. The Dark Knight series. Ooh, the Tumblr. Yeah, the one with the Tumblr. The reason why I go with the Tumblr because it, it mm. seems like it's it's all a car. Like you're getting everything from it. Like it, it can go anywhere, and it seems like it, it packs everything. Like the car's so big, um, yeah. nothing's stopping it. You're not yeah. shooting a grenade launcher at it. It's gonna pull out all the stops, and it's yeah. gonna it's gonna just be just awesome. So I'm going with that. What about yourself? So on this one right if we're talking practicality and the ability to be exactly what a batmobile should be i'm going with i'm going with the one from batman versus superman bro um reason they they took the tumblr right they took all the features and the capabilities that a tumblr has and made it quicker faster sleeker and and they just took it to another level. I, th- I thought the design was great. Um, I don't know if you played the Arkham Knight series. Um, it's very similar to that car. And if you've seen that car, if we're talking about real movies, right? Like cars we've seen in actual movies, not like video games and everything else. So that, that would, that's why my pick would be the one from Batman or Superman. But the one from the Ar- Arkham Knight series is probably the best Batmobile I've ever seen. So they took a mixture of that and a mixture of the Tumblr and combined both of those together and the best features and aspects of it. Um, I just thought just the way it maneuvered and the way it just shot through things, the way it was turning corners, the way the tires could turn, um, I, I thought it was incredible. But I will give you the edge on the tumbler because the tumbler does turn into a freaking a bat cycle, right? <laughs> I think that was like the greatest thing about that tumbler. Um, the way it could just um, freaking disintegrate and then just pop out a freaking bat bat cycle was was incredible to see um and then also it was very realistic right it, it was a military uh military vehicle that they converted into a batmobile so yeah man um all right what's we'll, we'll, we'll the next thing all right so the next one was the batman so i, I talked about this one too um i, I felt like i was going to shock you with this because i was going to go a, a long route and, and and break it down right. so with batman so what I said is, I thought Michael Keaton was the best acting Batman. So are we doing right. Batman or Bruce Wayne? Like the total, like the, the I'm gonna I'm gonna break it I'm gonna break it down to you. Okay, gotcha. Um, cool. I thought uh, Michael Keaton was the best actor as far as like who played in, in each you know version of uh, Batman. 
Mm-hmm. And I thought as far as like who the ladies would like as Bruce Wayne, a millionaire playboy, I thought that would be George Clooney. You know, he, he at that time yeah. in George Clooney's career, the ladies, that's who they would have wanted. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I, I thought um, that Kristen Bell delivered the best of Batman as far as like the product as, as his series and movies. Okay. And but I thought that um Ben Affleck was the best tone as far as like shape, size, chin, what the Batman should look like in a suit. Ooh. Okay. But I just have to go with Christian Bell because he has the best movie. Yep. Okay, so so you're you're saying Christian Bale for you was was the best overall Batman as Bruce Wayne and and Batman. Great. I, I I was I was so torn about this because I was taking aspects from from a lot of people, but it literally came down to Michael Keaton and Christian Bale for me. Um, so I had to give my edge to Christian Bale, man, and, and right. it, it kind of hurt a little bit because Michael Keaton. I think did a phenomenal job as Bruce Wayne, as the Playboy millionaire, uh, billionaire. I should say not millionaire, billionaire. Um, the way he he portrayed Bruce Wayne, um, the little quirkiness he had, the way he was he was smooth with it. Um, I think the smooth edge. I think I give to Keaton over Christian Bale because we saw a little aspects of it in the in the first movie when you see when you see Christian Bale walking with those two girls and the way he talks to um, Dan. While he's, you know, it, you know, having those those meetings and everything else, but um, I just thought that that Keaton was a little bit better. But I thought Batman wise, I thought Christian Bale just took it to another level, right? Um, there was there was a whole controversy about his tone and the way he changed his voice once he put that bat Batman suit on. Um, but I I thought it added a little edge to it. Um, also, the way he transformed from the first movie to the end um what was 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 crazy right so we saw we saw he was a playboy billionaire you know going out with these girls um but then his progression and how we saw bruce wayne turn into an actual um just just mentally the way he changed throughout the series was was great to me and i thought he played he played the character to the t and the only reason i'm giving it to christian bill is i'm comparing it to the animated series which i grew up with and then we saw that progression throughout the series as well from from a young Bruce Wayne to older Bruce Wayne, so I had that connection there. So yeah, man, I, I'm with you on this one. I, I we got to give it to Christian Bale. Uh, I'm totally totally hype about this this movie. To keep it quite honest with you, um, I hope Matt Reeves continues to you know drop these little nuggets and, and these little clips and pictures out there. Um, the more information we get out, the more we'll get out to you guys as well. Um, all right, so. There it goes. Um, thank you for listening, guys. This, this was our first Bollywood podcast. This is VJ. This is Dev, where we talk about anything and everything, and that's real talk. Take care. Talk to you soon.